0: Do you ever want to dive deeper into the Bible, but you just don't know where to begin, or you struggle to feel like you even have the time? When you read the Bible, do you get frustrated because you know there's so much more in there, you just have no clue how to get it out? Or maybe you just wanna know the Bible better and you are looking for any resource that's available to help. Well, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Context and Color of the Bible podcast. We're two sisters, I'm Erica. I'm Veronica. We love to study the Bible and we love to help others understand it better. When it comes to our study of scripture, we have found over the years that in bringing the context of scripture back, it actually adds to our understanding. It adds color to the black and white pages of the text. (laughs) Thanks for joining us as we dive into the book of Exodus today. last week you talked about the chapter break yes I don't like it in chapter six well (laughs) there's a funny story and I don't remember exactly but they you reminded me when you said that they talk about the man who's responsible for creating the chapter breaks. Yes. they feel like every time his horse hit a divot, like he must have been <laughs> riding a horse, and every time the horse hit a divot, he just put a chapter break right there. Because
1: there's throughout the, scripture, there's chapter breaks. You're like, what in the heck? Right. Who would put it right there? There's even times I think there's chapter breaks between in a sentence. Right? Why? Yes.
0: So that's the comical story that's I funny. heard at I like school. That story.
1: Yeah. All right. So we're left. cut. <laughs> We are jumping into chapter six and seven today. Yes, and it's exciting. It is. We are finally at the showdown. Yes, this is probably probably this is probably one of the most fun ones to tell little kids. Right. To tell all these because we make it fun and there's nobody dying and death and.
0: Well, there are sadness. eventually. Yes, but, but I don't think
1: we really focus on that with little kids. No, it's like God no. did this and then he did this and then he did that. Yes, but. Let's go back to why it's a horrible chapter break. Because Moses asks a question in <laughs> chapter 5. And then chapter 6 is finally gives that answer. answer.
0: So Moses' question in 22 is, Lord, why have you brought trouble upon this people? Mm-hmm. Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he's brought trouble upon the people. And you've not rescued your people at all. So Moses and Aaron first went to Pharaoh, said, let the people go to worship the Lord. Pharaoh's like, ha, I don't know this, Lord. I'm not letting your people go. And by the way, you have extra work your people get to do. A lot harder. Mm -hmm. And the people are, understandably, a little cranky about that.
1: (laughs) Yes. So you have Moses going to God. And what I love is God's response. Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he will send them out, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. And I love that because we keep telling, what are our four words?
0: <laughs> Redemption covenant dwells through remembrance. Yes. Yes.
1: And so God is already going, here's the memory. Right. Don't forget, as soon as you bring up Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it should just be like movies flashing right. across yep. your head of what was happening.
0: What did God do? What mm-hmm. promises did God make? How did God take care of them?
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, with that, God never did anything super exciting, miraculous.
0: Not like he's about to do Not now. Not in the same yeah
1: you know, what's the, um? oh, Megamind, when he says, you know what's the difference between me and you? When he's talking. Oh, presentation. Yes, <laughs> yes, I feel like God That is goes, a
0: great scene.
1: <laughs> it's all about presentation. presentation. And yes. so you do have God going, hey, Moses, I am here. They didn't know me. Like you're about to. Like you're about to. Because the name mm-hmm. Erica brings up, it's not just a label. Right. It's more of your character right. your reputation
0: right your essence yes. who, you are. who you
1: are how you act right and so god saying moses they knew me by this name and the name is el shaddai and that
0: think of the amy grant song el I know shaddai too
1: that's often translated as god almighty but the jewish sages teach that this word conveys a picture of god Nurturing love for our lives. Hmm. God loving us and sustaining us like a mother with a newborn. Aww. That's a very careful,
0: protective, yes. comforting thought. But you don't need comforting. No,
1: and there's no presentation presentation right. with
0: it. No. What you need is a God of power. Yes now.
1: Yes. You're going to need that El Shaddai later. Right.
0: In, in the where, wilderness.
1: And Moses, you're getting that comfort right now. Right. But when I go head to head with Pharaoh.
0: Oh, it's on. He's
1: going to know <laughs> me when this is all done.
0: Exodus 15 says the Lord is a warrior. The mm-hmm. Lord is his name. And when mm-hmm. God comes as warrior, Woo! watch mm-hmm. out.
1: And do you have Exodus 15 memorized?
0: I do. Okay. It's a great... I was just going to say, it.
1: do you want to do a little plug right there yeah. for scripture memory? If you
0: haven't, it's a great one to start with. It's the song of Moses. It
1: it's a fun. A one. yeah. So if you're looking to be reminded who your God is. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yep. All right. So we have God and Moses talking and God actually says in verse six, go to say to the people, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burden of Egypt, the Egyptians. I will deliver you from slavery, I will redeem you, I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God. Verse 8, I will bring you into the land, I will give it to you for your possession, I will, I am the Lord. So you have God going, here's who I am and what I'm doing.
0: Right. I, I thought, when i looked at this it was, and studied it my first thought was veronica that god's response is very gracious and compassionate mm-hmm. to moses he's he heard the complaining of the people he understands moses frustration mm-hmm. and now he says okay moses it's done mm-hmm. i was giving pharaoh the easy way out you asked him mm-hmm. somewhat politely <laughs> you gave him a chance. you gave him the chance and he turned you down so now moses stand back I'm going to get involved.
1: I think um, Dennis Prager says there's actually seven statements, seven promises. In this, all that God
0: is going mm -hmm. to do.
1: I will free you. I will deliver you. I will redeem you. I will take you to be my people. I will be your God. I will bring you into land. I will give it to you for possession.
0: And some of these are in the Passover service. Mm -hmm. Which seven, we
1: know, represents completion. completion. So God's going, okay.
0: Look at all I'm about to do. This.
1: This redemption is going to be completed, Mm -hmm. and it's going to end in a marriage ceremony. Yep. And in verse 7, that wording there, I will take you, I will be with you, actually links you to a marriage covenant, which is what we see then when we get to Mount Sinai.
0: When we get there. When
1: we get there (laughs) in a couple weeks.
0: Or more than a couple yes. weeks. But eventually we will get there. But
1: again, we're pointing we're continually jumping between right. redemption, covenant dwelling, right. All based on memory. Right.
0: And God is saying, I'm gonna enter into this covenant with mm-hmm. you, but I've got to redeem you and pull you out of mm-hmm. here first. Mm-hmm. And then once I do that, Moses, look at the covenant mm-hmm. I'm about to make with you and the nation. Mm-hmm. You're going to be my people. Mm
1: -hmm. But then, Erica, in the middle of this, there's this rant in our minds. Our minds. Random. Right. Genealogy.
0: Right. (laughs) Which, who loves genealogies?
1: Erica does. (laughs) Well, not really. So, do you want to help us understand? We have to
0: remember that we are reading this from a Western Most of us, Mm -hmm. I would think listeners, maybe not all our listeners, but most of us from a Western perspective, what, 21st century now? Yes. And um, our style is very different than the ancient Near East where this was written. And to them, a genealogy would have been a very encouraging, comforting They love genealogies because it reminded you that you were not alone you were a link in a chain Mm -hmm. there were people who came before you there were going to be people after you Mm -hmm. so first of all they wouldn't look at it as a boring interruption they would love it like yes that's right and then in this genealogy god is actually or moses i should say is reminding us of the promises okay let's start naming these sons these tribes we're going to see later on in the wilderness reuben simeon levi guess what the tribe of levi is going to be really important so moses is also he's reminding us of the past Mm -hmm. remember the promises we're going to name these sons of the promise but we're also going to start setting up the forward characters Who's Aaron? Who, what's the tribe of Levi? Mm-hmm. What about Aaron's sons? These are important characters that show up in numbers in mm-hmm. uh, Leviticus. Mm-hmm. So he's also foreshadowing and setting up people we will need to know later on.
1: Mm-hmm. And then eventually the New Testament and everything. We go from there. Who are these people? The land right. of Israel.
0: Right. What is this? Mm-hmm. So it actually it's a good connection. Bridge. A connect a bridge. It can reminds us of what was in the past. And is already setting up things in the future. Mm
1: -hmm. And Lois Tverberg says, It's a common expectation that a son would follow in his father's footsteps. Not only in occupation and religion, but also in personality. Which Which is is, fascinating. So who you were is who you're going to be. Who your forefathers were. Mm -hmm. Your family is your identity. Your family has a history and a Mm -hmm. reputation. And you're going to carry that story with you. Which again goes forward Right, Because what were you telling me before we started hitting record about Rahab and Daniel? These stories, these events. Oh, yeah.
0: They bring up the exodus. Mm -hmm. Rahab mentions why she's helping the spies. We've heard what your God did in Mm -hmm. Egypt. Daniel, hundreds of years later, still talks about what you did in Egypt and how the world is praising your name. Daniel chapter Mm 9. I mean, and, and thousands of years later, we're still talking about what god did right through these people mm-hmm.
1: and it's a history it's a family history so if right. and one thing we talked about when we did ruth when you look at that individual you don't see an individual you
0: see a family a you culture see the
1: family history and the stories behind it yeah so when you look at a levite right you don't just think oh you are so and so from the tribe of levi right. you think all the way back to moses aaron and then the original levi and right. jacob Isaac and Abraham. Right. So there's so much.
0: Without saying much, right. they say much. Yes. Through the genealogy.
1: So genealogies. Actually have a lot of importance in yes. scripture. Don't gloss over them. Right. Always ask yourself, why would the author include this? Right. At this time and place.
0: And maybe do some study on it. Mm-hmm.
1: Or get Erica's Brian to do some study on yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. He has. He's always good at that. He's got a good lesson. Yes. So that kind of takes us through chapter six, air. Are you ready to jump to seven? Yeah, sure. Okay. Because we kind of end with the genealogy. And so we've got to, don't forget where we were. Right. What the genealogy memory, was doing. Memory, yes. memory,
0: memory, <laughs> is constantly being yes. pushed here. Don't forget.
1: Right. We still have God and Moses talking. Right. And we interjected a, a genealogy to give you hope and encouragement. Right.
0: Because it's about to get harder. Mm-hmm. So when you come to verse uh, 28, it's almost you have to go back to verse 12. Yes. It's like that genealogy is kind of inserted right. between 12. and
1: Right. So we've got God and Moses talking. Right. And God says, verse 1, chapter 7, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. So God's saying to Moses, you and Pharaoh are on equal par.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point. I hadn't thought about because Pharaoh was seen as divine.
1: Yes. And you are me going into Pharaoh's palace. Right. And so Bruce Watiki says I might be saying that wrong, Waltiki. Says Pharaoh will be meeting the invisible god. Oh, Waltke. Oh, Waltke? Oh, sure. Is that who it is? Yes.
0: W-A-L-T-K-E? Yes.
1: Waltke,
0: yeah. Okay.
1: (laughs) Sorry, Bruce. Sorry. (laughs) If you're listening. If you're listening. Is he alive? Yes. Okay. But I highly doubt you. You never know. If you know him, feel free to send our podcast so you can correct me. Yes. Uh, Anyways. He's a good author, by the way. Bruce says, Pharaoh will be meeting the invisible God face to face through Moses and his prophet Aaron. Face to face. So you're meeting the invisible God face to face. Pharaoh, you keep saying you don't know me. You're gonna know me, right? And then you're gonna be meeting me pretty soon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh! Then we really will be face to face.
1: Yes, I hadn't
0: even thought about that.
1: It brings up Erica a part of scripture that can trip people up,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and we don't know what we don't always know what to do with. God says in verse three, "I will harden Pharaoh's heart." Yes. And we wanted to leave a little bit of time so we could dig into this Mm because this is. The first time you really see God saying, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Right.
0: And, and people legitimately go, okay, wait a minute. That doesn't seem fair. Right. How, why would God harden someone's heart and then punish them for having a hard heart?
1: That they gave, that he gave them.
0: Right. It's like forcing your kid to disobey and then. <laughs> and then punishing and them then, when they do. Yeah. And then punishing them when they do. This doesn't seem fair. Mm-hmm. So when we looked at this, we actually, I had never heard this before. Veronica, I don't know if you had. Um, but what the rabbi Not until I
1: studied Exodus. Right.
0: What did the rabbi say about this, though? Do you have it...
1: I don't know. You had the rabbi quote. I just had the putting a gun to your head. Oh, okay. Well, then say yours. I had... The one commentary, multiple commentaries said, it's like putting a gun to someone's head. You're not really giving them an option with the gun is at their head.
0: hmm
1: You know, they have no option. So by God hardening Pharaoh's heart, he's allowing him... Because any normal person by the time you get to probably the fifth or sixth plague, right, would back down. Pharaoh didn't want to, so God allowed him to make his own choice without right. being influenced by emotion and common sense, right of oh, I'm in over my head right. He didn't want to he want Pharaoh wanted to go head to head with God.
0: he thought he could hang, yes. I'm divine. Everybody mm-hmm. worships me. I always get my way. I, I don't remember, was it they believed that Pharaoh made the sun rise every morning? Yes. And the Nile overflow. Yes. Like if you're constantly having people tell you you're this amazing God with powers and you're the reason the sun shines in the morning and a, a man comes in reeking of sheep mm-hmm. saying there's a greater God than you, heck no, you're not going to give that up easily. And mm-hmm. I'm Pharaoh's pride It's huge. So essentially, Veronica, and (laughs) I was looking through my notes quickly too. So I just want to, this is basically what you were saying is that by hardening Pharaoh's heart, God was allowing Pharaoh the freedom of choice. Yes. Yes. He was not forcing Pharaoh to do something he didn't want to do. He was making sure Pharaoh had the ability and the freedom to do what he wanted.
1: Right. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, which was a fascinating thought I had never heard of. But apparently the sages, the the rabbis, actually said that hundreds of years ago. Which hopefully
1: that helps you because I'm sure we've all been in that discussion with people. I don't get this. I don't understand this. Right. Why would
0: God harden someone's heart? Because that's what he wanted.
1: Right. It is. Pharaoh had his mind made up and God allowed him to stick with it. Right. And later
0: on, I forget which chapter it is. Um, because it says God hardens Pharaoh's hearts and his counselors' hearts. Oh, But the counselors come to Pharaoh after that and say, you need to let the people go. Mm-hmm. And Pharaoh says, no way. And so even though their hearts also were hardened by God, they're still finally at the point of recognizing <laughs> we've been destroyed. We're in over our heads. It's again. a knockout. We are down for the count, Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Just admit it and end it and give mm-hmm. up. And so God hardening their hearts didn't stop them. Mm-hmm. From acknowledging the truth. Mm-hmm. It just gave Pharaoh the strength maybe he sure. needed to keep going in right. his sin in right. his pride and right. arrogance. He
1: was already set on a path. Right. And God was allowing him to continue right. on that path. God
0: said, fine, this is what you want. I'll give you what you want. Right.
1: right. So then we get to the exciting scenes. Right. We have Moses and Aaron coming before Pharaoh and he takes that staff and he throws it down. Which at first they've got to be going, oh, okay, right. guess what?
0: Right. We can do it too. Yeah. Anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs>
1: yes. So you kind of, I would love to see the replay of this. Right. Does Moses Was Moses expecting? I would think he knew. He should have known. I would think he would have known. So was he expecting maybe a different outcome? I don't, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. You know, was was he was he kind of deflated and defeated? Of oh, oh, or was it? Oh yeah, I've been gone for forty years. I forgot. Yeah, and that's a legitimate. You could yeah, do this. That's
0: right. I knew I'd seen this before. Yes. They thought some people wonder if um, they hypnotized the snakes. Oh, and made them stiff and straight. Okay, and then they would do pressure points to okay. wake them up and unhypnotize them, and okay. that's how they did it.
1: I've also read there's a nerve at the nape of an Egyptian cobra that can render it immobile. Oh. You push on it, and it goes rigid.
0: So, yeah. So instead of hypnotizing, maybe they push that
1: thing. And you throw it on the ground, and it slithers away. Then it can move again. But the point is not that we're trying to say... (laughs) No. Because in some of these, you can kind of go, well, there's common... Environmental factors.
0: Oh, I think in a lot of them
1: that can play into totally,
0: this. Totally, which I actually have an interesting point I read about, but I'll save that save for that for next week. next week or yes. week
1: after. But the point is, Moses does his God's trick. Yeah. The Egyptians do their God's trick, and they look equal. They do. They look equally um, have equal impressive. Strength. Yes. But our God then <laughs> Can do
0: snakes. What happens to the rods of the to the snakes of the Egyptians?
1: Moses' snake eats their snake.
0: I know. I would have loved to have seen that. Like, was it one at a time? Yeah, no, I mean, no. I guess it have to be one at a time. But did they not?
1: I guess if snakes are fighting, snakes you around. don't get in the yeah. midst of it. But it's kind of the, my dad can beat your dad. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so now that gets us into the ten plagues. Right. And one thing to pay attention is there is a pattern set forth. Right. You have groups of three. These three, these three, these three. And then the last plague Which is by
0: itself for stands a reason. alone. Yeah.
1: It is a completely different
0: Yeah, it's a takes it to the next level yes. almost.
1: Yes. But so now we get to the first plague, which fun right. little thing for those of you who have kids, go home, talk about the plagues, see if your plagues see if your family can name all ten plagues. Oh yeah. You know, get some discussion going. Mm-hmm. And the first one is turning the water. Nile to blood. Turning the Nile into blood. Yeah. And asking your family, how would that affect you if our river right. Right. all of a sudden became blood?
0: If what came out of your faucet was blood.
1: Ugh.
0: Yeah, I think I'd throw up.
1: Yeah, I would. But if throw your up toilet anything. water, if
0: your shower water, you do, Yes, was blood. That would be a hard, and now all of Egypt is getting affected by this because Mm -hmm. one of the reasons Egypt was so prosperous was because of the Nile. Mm -hmm. They had a constant source of water. And every year the Nile would overflow its banks. It would release this amazing soil that would help their gardens, their um, harvest be huge. And so to all of a sudden have your main source Mm -hmm. turn into blood. You can't use it. You can't use it. What do you do with it? Mm So that would be huge for them. And one commentary I read said, all of Egypt was happy to exploit Israel. So now all of Egypt gets to share in the suffering yes. for keeping Israel.
1: Mm-hmm. And I read, um, although most of the Egyptians didn't particularly personally participate in the murdering of Hebrew infants, right. it makes it clear that all Egyptians share in the guilt. Because the river gives public witness to the thousands of infants who are drowned.
0: Right. The Nile, so, you can't hide your sin.
1: Again, it's been 80 years. Right. But we have memory back to
0: Right. Remember what happened mm-hmm. 80 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. You know, if you were ashamed that it happened, mm-hmm. if you were embarrassed that it happened, but you did nothing to mm-hmm. stop it, or you remember your grandpa talking about mm-hmm. it or your dad talking about it, and now you see that blood mm-hmm. in the Nile, that would be a...
1: It's a reminder of Right, the it's a reminder children.
0: of those kids that were mm-hmm. thrown in.
1: Mm-hmm. But what's crazy is I like what the Egyptian magicians do. I know. <laughs> you guys are not helping at all. They did the same thing. If I was
0: Pharaoh, I'd fire him.
1: I'd be I, like, clean it up. I know. Don't do what their god did. Undo it. Undo it. But yes. you kind of end chapter 7 with Moses' god and the Egyptian god's... Looking kind of equally right. matched. Toe to toe, head to head. Yeah. Moses, what your God did, we did. Right. We may
0: not have done it in the length. Right. We turn the Nile blood, but we can still turn this bucket right. to blood.
1: And bucket that's all water. that matters. Right. So.
0: Your God isn't any better.
1: Right. You're no more powerful. Right. Again, why do I have to listen to your God?
0: Right. Who is he?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I read in one commentary, it said that sometimes God allows people to continue in sin so that they can begin to feel the full effects and weight and destruction mm. of their sin. And I think that's what's beginning to happen uh-huh. to Egypt. Like, fine, you want to be stubborn uh-huh. and refuse to acknowledge there's a God outside of you, Pharaoh? Uh-huh. Then guess what? I'm going to pull at every little string uh-huh. until you're completely unraveled. Uh-huh. And you will have no choice but to acknowledge. hmm uh-huh.
1: So, this is the start, right, of the redemption. It's been coming, right. Now it's coming with more presentation. Right. I'm going to come keep coming back to that word. That's a fun word. I like that. I like that memory. But that ends us Erica. Right. With chapter 7. Mm-hmm. Come back next week. We're going to get into chapters 8 and 9. And yep. again, you kind of have a poor chapter break. Chapter break. It's not as bad no because it's just a continuing story right. right so right but our hope our encouragement for you today do we have encouragement? I don't, don't turn water into blood yes
0: don't drink blood i know your god is in control yes it may look for a yes. while like those idols, those false gods out there, can hang with him. It may look like that mm-hmm. for a the while. The gods of the world, right? That they can do what our God can do. Yes,
1: but, or even more.
0: Right, but give yes. it time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There is one God, mm-hmm.
1: and He is above all gods. Right. That's a great, right. and that's a great reminder because it does right. feel like sometimes God's not right. in control. Right. There's more powerful beings out there. Right, but it's not it's not he likes a good story he does and he has timing down oh he's perfect he likes dramatics in some ways and he likes to
0: come in and save the day when it seems like nobody else
1: all hope is lost when all hope
0: is lost he likes to come charging in
1: yes so don't lose hope right keep looking right moses and the people are watching pharaoh was watching right and it's only gonna get better from here yeah so thanks for joining us this is the Context and Color of the Bible podcast. Don't forget we have a Facebook group. You can join in discussion. You can ask questions. It's called the Context and Color of the Bible. Because we are creative like <laughs> yes, that. We are. We it's a public group. We also have Erica's f- website. Mm-hmm. If you want to join her there, it's called Erica Van Heitzma. Dot com. <laughs> right. She's very know. original. Yep. Makes it easier to Creativity find her. Creativity yes. runs deep. But like our podcast, share our podcast. Rate. Right. Rate our, our podcast. podcast. We are available on your favorite podcast app. Yep. Have a nice day. Bye.